mid evening, afternoon. I don't know what you say at four o'clock. Is that afternoon? Evening? Pre evening. Pre evening. Okay. <laughs> Happy pre evening, church. Good to see you guys. Welcome to our, our second Saturday service. Uh, first one was, was awesome. Good to see you guys again. Good to see some new faces. Today we are going to be looking at what it means to be rooted in thankfulness. Rooted in thankfulness. We are continuing a series that we started, I don't know, a few months ago now called Contending for God's Presence Through Prayer. And we're going to be looking at thankfulness since we're heading into the Thanksgiving season. It seems only proper to, to do that and to jump right into being thankful. But let me ask you guys a question real quick. What makes you happy? What makes you happy? Logan, what, tech guy, what, what makes you happy? Video games. video games makes me, yeah, I like video games. Makes me happy. What else makes you guys happy? V8s. V8s? Like the drink V8s? No, the engines. Oh, okay, V8 <laughs> engines. I was like, what? <laughs> video games, TV, and food. That does sound like a pretty good day. And Lego guys. That's, that's the exclamation point. I like it. So what, what we're seeing is, is what makes you happy, you know, hanging out with friends. It might be uh, how good you feel about a particular situation, how much money you make. I mean, how many of you would say, if I could just make this much money, I'd be happy? Have you guys ever said that before? Thought of it? Yep. For sure. Guilty of that. Well, let me share with you a... Uh, never, you said. <laughs> um, let me share with you some scientific information. There was actually a study done on this, and I want to uh, share with you the results. But what would you say if overall happiness in, happiness in your life is tied to how much gratitude you show? If how much happiness you have in life is actually connected to how much gratitude you show? So here's the experiment. There was an experiment where they asked random people, just brought them in off the streets to write a letter to someone who they felt grateful for the most. So people writing down their moms, their sisters, thing, people who have come in and actually helped in some major way in their life. Then they were asked these, then they asked the same people to call that person right then and there. And so they thought maybe they're writing this letter out, and then they were asked to call this person. And that's where the experiment really took a, a level up here, because a lot of people then had to read the letter to that person. Right? And so you would imagine a lot of tears a lot of hesitation maybe in calling that person, but let me share with you the results. So the people who couldn't call their person for one reason or another, if they had passed away or whatever, saw a rise in happiness from 2% to 4% just writing out the letter, right? So they saw this, this rise in happiness within a person. I don't know how they measure happiness, okay? But they saw a 2% increase in happiness just by writing out the letter of gratitude, okay? But those who picked up the phone and called their person personally and, ex and personally expressed their gratitude saw a rise from 4% to 19% in happiness. And so they see a huge number from people who are just writing down messages to actually speaking verbally the gratitude that they showed in this experiment. So the person who was least happy who entered the doors, the person who was the most begrudgingly to come in and actually participate in this, saw the greatest rise in gratitude and happiness throughout this experiment. So the person who was in the lowest of lows came out of this experiment with the most happiness. 
I thought that was pretty fascinating. That's, that's one of the more fascinating results of this. And I think what we see through this experiment is proof that we are designed and created to be thankful. There is something inside of us that has been coded and, and built and created to be thankful, to show gratitude, that we have a link to our happiness by how grateful we express ourselves. Right? And these are people you know, with different backgrounds, different types of, 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 of information going into their minds, different happiness levels, but they all saw a major rise. So in that, let's turn to our Bibles. With that in mind, let's turn to our Bibles. We're going to be looking at Psalm chapter 9, verses 1 through 2. Psalm chapter 9, verses 1 through 2. Give you a minute to turn to that, and I also will have it up here as well as the key verse. Psalm chapter 9, verses 1 through 2. It says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. Let's pray, shall we? Father, I am so grateful to be here. I'm grateful to see all of these, these faces, these people who have taken the time out of their Saturday to come and, and worship you and learn about you and, and raise your name up. Lord, I pray that our hearts will be open, that our eyes will be open, that we will get to, to see the truth of your word today, that we'll see how we can apply it, how we can be transformed by it. Lord, I pray that we do not leave this room untransformed that we will have a deeper appreciation for the things you have done for us, your wonderful deeds you have accomplished in our life, so that we can pour out the things that you have done to us, in us, into the communities, into our families, into the people who need it the most as we enter into this Thanksgiving season when we, grow home, we go to our homes, we, we invite people in. Lord, let us be people of gratitude in the awe of who you are. In your name, amen. Okay, so the first thing I want to look at is that we are always grateful to the Lord. We are always grateful to the Lord. We, of course, always have people in our lives that we can think about who we're grateful for. Right? I can think of my pastors, Pastor Eric and Jody, who took me in and, and, and developed and equipped me and, and sent me out. I can also think of the first person that got me a job. You guys ever grateful for the person who took the chance on you to hire you into a position? Boy, I've been a recruiter for about six years now, and I still remember the guy who, who took me out of sales retail and put me into recruiting. And I remember thinking, man, Mark Redekin is his name. I remember thinking, I'm so grateful that guy took a, took, took a gamble on me, right, to, to put that in. So there's always those people that we have gratitude for. But one thing I want to kind of remind you is that these people are instruments for the Lord's handiwork. Right, that the, the, the Lord is the one who is actually arranging these moments and getting us into the pipelines, into the areas that we are being sent into. We love them for what they have done, but we need to remember that they are the instruments and the Lord is the one who is directing the gratefulness and the things we have. And when you look at the context of this passage in, in Psalm 9, the Lord had just routed a massive army coming to attack Israel. Right, and David is writing this down. He is singing the, the thankful psalm of, of what has happened. And, and you think about David's life. And David had a, a drama-filled life, I'd imagine, right? 
I mean, his brother or his, his son's going to win went against him. He had to live in a cave for a little while. There was a lot of hardship that he had to endure. And yet the, these psalms are reminding us of the wonderful deeds that he had accomplished in David's life. Right? And so there's a link, I see, to the gratefulness of David, the gratefulness of who God is and what he has done, to the persona and the happiness of his experience during his lifetime. But you notice here that he did not praise his mighty army, did he? He didn't, he didn't give praises to the mighty army of Israel during this psalm. He didn't give praise to the strategic mind of his generals. No, he gave praise to the Lord. Because he understood what happened in our lives. It's not to humanity or to the things that we are grateful for, even though we are. right? We are grateful for those things. It's bigger. We're going to the Lord and realizing He is the headwaters, the origins of everything that pours out. So we need to remember that He is first when it comes to gratitude, when it comes to thankfulness. We go to Him first. And in the depths of the darkness of times, as we see in David's life, in the depths of the darkness of times that accompany, especially David's life and in this world, we remember as He remembered and is always grateful for the wonderful deeds of the Lord. So we need to remember first that all that we have is from the Lord. All that we have is from the Lord. Therefore, we are grateful always. Even in the darkest of times, we are remembering there was the wonderful deeds of the Lord. There was the wonderful deeds of the Lord. And in the walk with the, the walk, or walking with God is a constant remembrance of the things that he has done in the past. I love how Israel would put up little, little markers you read the Old Testament, you read up a little, you put up a little monument, little markers, remember, this is where the Lord did something. And if you, I've, I've taught on this before, but in your mind, you always put those little markers. You know, when God did something, he provided something major in your life. When, when he did something powerful, you put up a little marker. You put up a little marker. Even just a couple weeks ago, we, when we did our, started our, our Provo Bible study on Thursdays, and we saw two people come to Christ. And I remember thinking there, as, as I was seeing this happen before me, as God was melting these hearts in a way, I remember thinking, i got to remember this moment. Like, remember, remember how this feels. Remember how... How would this happen and how powerful you are when the times where you're, you're preaching or you're teaching and, and you're trying to see this person in front of you come to the Lord and they're rejecting him and it hurts and rejecting you in the same process. Remember that there were these two. Remember that these were, there were these two. I remember thinking that and kind of putting up that little monument. I mean, remember that God is still working yeah. and be grateful for those wins. So then we tell of the wonderful deeds of the Lord. So out of this gratefulness, out of this thankfulness that we get from the Lord, out of his provision, whatever it is, we are to tell of the wonderful deeds of the Lord. Look at the, verse, or the key verse again. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Out of this gratefulness, I will tell of all of your wonderful deeds. And this is where we see a difference between happiness and joy. This is where we see the difference between happiness and joy when we're explaining the wonderful deeds of the Lord. Happiness, I, I would imagine, is more circumstantial. right? The people in this experiment, they were happy for a while. They got to do this really cool experiment, and they got to feel the happiness that accompanied being able to tell somebody about the, the gratefulness that they had. But I guarantee you that the next day or a little further, there was a bad day. 
they went from happiness to not happy. Okay? It's a circumstantial experiment. Joy, in my opinion, is something that is steady and rooted and will not necessarily fade. So we see happiness is something that is momentary and circumstantial. Joy is rooted and steady and constant, which is why in Nehemiah 8.10, the Lord says, go and enjoy, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Oh, how, how many of you are glad we have a, a God that likes to party? I know I am, <laughs> right? And send some to those who have nothing prepared. I love that. Have fun and then go spread the joy. The, this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I'm sure most of you have read read or remember the joy of the Lord is your strength. But let's look at the context of that. Nehemiah, again, had just gathered people of Jerusalem, and all these these people have come out of captivity, and and people who are living in the area. And he read aloud God's word. And there are people there explaining God's word to these people and how far they had actually went and away from what he had for them. But Nehemiah didn't allow them to stay in that shame and guilt, which doesn't come from the Lord. It's the conviction of realizing how much of a sinner you are. What we got, though, is that Nehemiah then quickly explains to them the joy and the goodness of God. He reminded them how good the Lord is to restore his people. And this is where we see this joy. This is what leads to the joy of the Lord. It was the wonderful, restoring and powerful deeds of the Lord, which gave them joy. It was the, I'll read again, the wonderful, restoring, and powerful deeds of the Lord who gave them joy. And it's really interesting that word strength there actually means constant. It means a constant. So what we're seeing here is a rejoicing of continuity, of a constant joy, one that doesn't have circumstantial ebb and flows. But one is that is remembered and then built on with the strength of of having a perpetual joy. So the joy of the Lord in your strength means the Lord's wonderful and powerful deeds are a means for constant rejoicing. That the the happiness, what we experience, the ebbs and flows, and, and when we get caught up seeking that, our lives become the ebbs and flows. But when we build our joy and find his strength on that joy of what his wonderful deeds were before, we see a constant. Because nothing shakes that. It doesn't ebb and flow. It is a constant remembering of how good, powerful, and restorative is our God. And we see this greatly in our time. We live post-cross, post-resurrection. Life is good, baby. Life is good, right? God died and rose from the dead. So we live in this constant ability to remember the wonderful deeds of Jesus. We have the constant reminder of the wonderful deeds of Jesus and the restoration that came in our hearts. That we were the people of of sin and realized, oh, I had strayed so far that we see that, that, that abused word repent, right? The, the, the turn or burn word that's been abused, repent, and we see instead repent as, oh, what God had is way better than what I had. I want what God has. Because in there, there's power, there's peace, there's comfort, there's all that comes with having God. 
and it restores us, it empowers us, and it strengthens us because our joy isn't built on an ebb and flow. It's a strength. It's a rock. Can I get an amen? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Shane. Make sure you guys are awake out there. It's 4 o'clock. You should be wide awake by now. So the happiness, again, will ebb and flow in this roller coaster. Leaves us thinking, you know, if only I had more video games. If only I had more money. If only I had this, right? We break off from that, and we build upon the joy of the Lord, which is constant. Which is a beautiful, powerful thing. So the joy of the Lord is a constant, never-failing rejoicing is how we see our lives built and what we are thankful for. Are you guys thankful for that? Yes. Yes. Amen. There's, there's a few of you. That's good. So we are rooted in thankfulness because of what God has done for us on the cross. This is a, a great and powerful, wonderful deed. Wouldn't you agree? It's a wonderful deed. So how do we show this thankfulness? How do we show this thankfulness? Well, in this passage, we see first, we give thanks with all your heart. And when he talks about all your heart, I like how um, Charles Spurgeon said, it's, it's all your heart or it's nothing. Okay? There's no, there's no 50% of your heart. Right? It's, he either gets all of it or none of it. All right? And so what we do is we give thanks with all of our heart. Now, what does that mean? That means thanking him verbally, Thanking him in writing. I mean, I want to be. I want to dream about thanking him. I want to have dreams where, like, I just dreamed about thanking God all night. Like that's how much I want it at the forefront of my mind and in my life is this constant appreciation and gratitude toward all of my life is consumed by everything I do is is built out of gratefulness to the Lord because of His wonderful deed on the cross. That is the constant reminder and the act of thankfulness that we continue moving. So then, we tell everyone, the second point, we tell everyone of his wonderful deeds. We tell everyone. Say it with me. Tell everyone of his wonderful deeds. And that is our salvation. In our time, the, the wonderful deeds of the Lord, the greatest wonderful deed that he does, I know he does a lot of wonderful deeds in our lives, but the, the mega one, the big one, is the cross is the wonderful deed that he loved us so much that he came down, suffered and died on the cross, rose on the third day so that we could have eternal life, that we could be glorified. So we tell everyone that. We tell where our, our hope is. We tell where our gratitude comes from. We tell where our, our strength is, where our joy is. People should look at you in the, in the workplaces and go, boy, that guy is just joyful. There is nothing that rocks his his boat, right? How many of you have coworkers or people who, who just seem to kind of be on this ebb and flow when things are going really well, man, they are just crowing like roosters, right? But when it's low, it's low, right? It's just this constant ebb and flow. We, we should be people who are just, boy, it's good to be awake today. I'm glad I'm breathing. God is good, I'm breathing today, right? We should just have this constant joy about us that people look at and go, what is that? How come nothing shakes your boat? It's because our, our joy is our strength. It's our constant. So we tell everyone that because guess what? Inside, everybody wants to know that. Okay? It's not something that people don't really want to. Inside, they're, they're looking for it, right? 
We read about in Ephesians about the fullness of Christ. And we talk about people satisfying themselves and, and other things and in other areas. And it's just like, it's plain in God's word that he is the satisfier. He is the fullness. And that's our heart to people is, man, I want to see you full. I want to see you satisfied. I know you're looking in other areas that don't satisfy, and I want to see you satisfied. You guys know people like that? Is that your heart when you go into places? Oh, I just want to see you full. That's, what, that's, that's the driving force is our gratitude for the cross, gratitude for God, driving us forward so that we can share in where that gratitude comes from. And the third one, we don't find our joy or happiness in anything other than the constant joy of what God has done for us. We don't find our joy in anything other than the constant joy that we find. I mean, you're going to have happiness, right? I mean, I have two kids. I was super happy when they were born. And I was super happy when they, were, when they came out healthy. And, and to see them walk and crawl and make me laugh every day. But I know that my joy is not built on my children. My joy isn't built on the things they do. I, I love seeing them grow, and I get excited when, when Luke prays at the table, and I'm like, yes. But my joy comes from the Lord. That is my constant, because all of this could be taken away in no time. And we don't live on an ebb and flow. We live on something that's a rock, the joy of the Lord that can't be taken from us. Yeah. It cannot be taken from us. And then the fourth part, we live our lives in constant thankfulness for our God, to our God, because he has decided to send his son to provision to us a salvation that can be received through our, again, our turning from sin and believing in Jesus Christ as Lord. So again, we receive, again, this constant thankfulness. And this is something to just write down, remember, however you want to keep this at the forefront of your mind, that he is constant, and he is good, and he is powerful, and he wants that joy to be just pouring out of you. How many of you guys journal? You guys, any of you guys journal, write stuff down? I'm really bad at this. I want to get better at it. I wish I did too. But in your time with the Lord, this is, this is what I'd like you guys to try to do. Is You know, we have this experiment where people wrote down what they were grateful for, and then they verbally expressed it, and they experienced happiness, right? Well, what I want you guys to do in your time, in your downtime, grab a journal, grab a piece of paper, whatever it is, I want you to write down all that God has done for you and what you are grateful to for the Lord. Write everything down, everything that he's ever done for you, everything he's, and there should be a lot of like, I woke up today, right? That should be one of those, point number one, I already did it for you. Bam, you woke up today. Write down all that you're grateful for, and then I want you to verbally express it. I want you to verbally express it. To read it out loud to God. Say, God, I'm so grateful for this, 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 this. Express it. Get it out. It feels good. Right? It's science. It's science. It proves it. Right? Oops. Logged out. It's scientific. We, we can grab a hold of it. I guarantee you will appreciate. It'll be at the forefront of your mind the next day. You wake up, the next day if you do it at night, you wake up the next day, you will be extremely gratif gratified. Is that a word? You will be in great gratitude. I make up a lot of words, so if I do, that's why. Grateful. Thank you, Janet. You'll be very grateful to what God has done. 